Namaste. This is Preeti Adhikari. I am the founder of the Great Nepali Diaspora, a community of global Nepali professionals, and this is TGND Beats, Diaspora's Kurakani. Our podcast aims to showcase people with roots in Nepal and share their stories of struggle, perseverance, and success. My guest today is Pema Sherpa. Pema is the founder of Pema Solutions, where as a keynote speaker and corporate trainer, she helps organizations boost employee productivity, performance, and innovation. Her expertise in mindfulness and neuroscience stems from a traditional training and academic research from Harvard University, where she studied mind-body relationship. She is passionate about teaching mindfulness practice without stripping away its robust philosophical and scientific implications while keeping it relevant and accessible. Pema has worked internationally with thousands of employees at companies such as General Motors, Morgan Stanley, Manulife Financial, NYU, Fordham Law, and more. Let's get started. Welcome, Pema. Thank you, Preeti, for that kind, kind introduction, and thank you so much for having me here. Um, no worries, no worries. Pema, we have to share how I found out about <laughs> you. Um, it was through this random newsletter that I, that I had um, subscribed to. And like towards the end of the newsletter, there was, you know, you were doing an event, right? Uh, so there was a blurb about you. And I when, when I saw that, I can't tell you uh, how happy it made me. Um, it was like so exciting to see a Nepali in, you know, an international organization called Newsletter Ma. And I remember so excited by that. I, uh, I sort of cold uh, messaged you um, and we had a chat, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was so kind of you to reach out. When we see Ifto Connections, one of the things we might default to is feeling good and just letting it be. But then you reached out. And since then, we have been able to collaborate productively. Today, we are having this kind of conversation, but we also did something in Nepal. So thank you so much for reaching out. Uh, no worries, Pema. I love what you do. I love your background. I think there's so much. It's such a good mix of our cultural identity and you know and what's needed in the world today right in terms of innovation and so on so I you know definitely am so impressed and I love uh, and I definitely want our audience and you know Nepalese in Nepal where as well as the world to know more about you thank you excited for our conversation perfect um so let's get started it's not saying uh, you know why don't you start uh uh, you know, sharing a little bit about your childhood and youth in Nepal, your family and schooling, and you could make a special memory, Kate Sabani. Please share that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I realize as I reflect on the fact that I have been in America for over a decade now, about coming to 15 years, and going back to Nepal, I always realize how special and unique. Uh, of a culture that we grew up in. So growing up, I was one of five children. So um, a lively family. Um, mm -hmm. And because I am Sherpa and from a Buddhist family, one of the coolest experience that I got to have was we lived in a community that was primarily 
uh, Hindu, Newari sort of um, environment. So mm -hmm. I had such an amazing exposure to diverse culture. Um, even today, as I speak with a lot of my friends who being Nepali come from my background, particularly right. the Sherpa and Buddhist, let's say, they haven't had the opportunity to experience certain things that Nepal is so um, rich mm -hmm. of the architecture, exactly. the art, the culture, the diversity of language. So I think that really helped shape the kind of uh, way I think. Um, so that's definitely a very special memory of Nepal, which of course, for a long time, I didn't realize, but as I grow older and reflect on where I come from and how that open-mindedness and flexibility and the agility of thinking, I think it definitely right. comes from that sort of exposure to diverse culture. Amazing, amazing. And I think that's something that uh, we're discovering oily uh, pani, right? Where, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we forget that Nepal is so small that even within Nepal pani, there's so much diversity, like you said, right? In, tr uh, in terms of mini communities, cultures, um, you know, not just how we look, but even in terms of our lived experiences, Napani, koti dere different sate. Absolutely. Ani, this mapani koti seeking opportunities or usan and then. Sometimes we sort of uh, think about it from the perspective of just sort of limited idea of going by your days or your ambition in a very um, stereotypical way. But right. we, we are exposed to so many ways of being, um, expressing, uh, whether with language, art, colors. I think this might be a contribution way of thinking ma, that um, it's definitely worth highlighting, acknowledging and mm -hmm. noticing because it could be right around you. But if you don't highlight it, if you don't pay attention to it, exactly. sometimes it could just pass you by without penetrating you or helping you develop. No, I, I agree. I think that's super, super important. Um, Anitema, so when you were growing up, right, in that diverse environment, um what did you want to be or is is this you know what you're doing in terms of your mindfulness and so on is that something that you wanted to uh do when you were uh, young so mindfulness uh, we will come to that idea uh, we'll come <laughs> to that journey of how i uh, even landed on doing what i do today uh, but right. no, I did not start out thinking that I would be a speaker and consultant because for one, I did not know a job like this existed. Um, another right. aspect of my background growing up was um, my parents had never been to school. They were not educated. They didn't have a very mm -hmm. traditional white collar job or a career. So because right. I was not exposed to what you could potentially become when you grow up, I didn't really have a very clear trajectory of this is what I want to become and these are the steps I need to take to get there. And that has actually been a lifelong sort of um, learning process and not mm -hmm. only the importance of it, but paving my own path. But right. growing up, right. all I ever wanted to be was successful, even though I had no sort of uh, measurement of what qualified as success. Um, how I'm going to get there, what it would look like, what are the steps, but that's what I wanted to be. Right, right. And now you're uh, defining what 
successful means for you, right? That's that's incredible. Yes, thank you. Um, and I think it is a one of the challenges of not knowing what success qualifies as is that one, mm -hmm. you might not find success. Two, if you do stumble upon success, you might not realize not that even recognize. you have <laughs> exactly not recognize it. You have not. You might not realize that you have arrived, and you're always chasing for that next thing in the right. future. And that can be very That's taxing true. and not sustainable if you are trying to mm -hmm. really flourish and uh, reach for the stars. Right, right. No, I think that makes sense. But actually, in like you know, if you look at it from a different angle, it's also sometimes your success metrics are not uh, you know defined by us right so we're just trying to mm -hmm. uh, pass that metric that somebody else not even our family members I don't know who has made me those metrics and goals and I think that's also tricky I think it's um, there is no right way in a way yes absolutely and that's why self-exploration and self-development is so important and something that we need to instill in ourselves, especially our Nepali community uh, mm -hmm. in America or in Nepal to know that you get to define your success matrix and what feels good and what makes you feel inspired. And also to know that it is possible for you to reach there, especially um, back, back when I started, perhaps there was no one who looked like me who was doing what I was doing, but perhaps as our audience listen to what uh, you are doing and what I am doing. Maybe they can sort of mm -hmm. uh, in, envision yourself doing those things. Right. So it's very important um, to one self-explore to know that it's possible, but also look out there for examples of it doesn't matter for me. Right. My parents didn't have like a quote unquote career. Um, mm -hmm. So they couldn't teach me how to do it, but there are other right. people who exist out there who are doing amazing things and some might resonate mm -hmm. with us right. and others might not. So as we look out there, it really helps to find those people and then to see yourself doing that. Um, I think that has been very beneficial for me and something that I continue to try to look around myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's the goal of the diaspora as well, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. I think uh, it's great that, uh, you know, in 2023, we can see there is no one definition of a career or anything like that. And Nepalis it's, uh, are doing amazing things in different domains and so on, but we don't know their stories. Right? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm hoping that, you know, when young people listen in, they get inspired to follow their dreams, right? And And they also understand that with hard work, right? The hard work is uh, is a necessity. They could be whatever they want to be. There is no sort of definition of what successful means, what kind of, you know, what a career means and so on. So I'm hoping people get inspired, people get motivated um, by listening to people like you. Thank you. And definitely kudos to you because you want the Nepali community ma. Nepali community, koi members who uh, examples later, uplift garne, sikaune, support garne. I hadn't seen that. So my heart feels right. so warm that you are doing this and creating a platform Thank because you. now we can mimic that, right? We can be part mm -hmm. of it. We can support you. Uh, but, but then right. the starting point and that inspiration and that 
sort of uh, expectation that mm-hmm. first step is so uh, important. So thank you for right, doing this. Right. Thank you, Peyman. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for everything. I think uh, it's been such an amazing ride. Um, so I'm so very, very grateful. Um, on that note, how did Pema, young Pema, um, growing up in Nepal, how did you decide to come to the US? How was your journey? Any cultural shocks came back to them like? Wow, that was definitely uh, <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> of <questions>. its own. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so, like I said, growing up, because a clear trajectory of career Mirulagi and Miru siblings and I was the first one to ever embark on this journey of um, higher education, even though I was number four in my family. So clear trajectory but we all had this idea that America Zanuparsa and that's where mm-hmm. dreams come true and that's where you can make something of yourself. So there was this idea that I need to study well because opportunities come from that route. Um, and they got it a traditional approach, finished my high school, applied to a college in the middle of nowhere. And I ended up here in January of 2008. And certainly it was a huge culture shock. For one, um, being so far away from family, um, you know this, all the listeners here can relate to it. Nepali people have a very tight-knit families, and we draw mm-hmm. so much uh, well-being and uh, just sense of stability from our family. So to have to leave that at the age of 18 and come to a brand new country has its own set of challenges. And with that comes, you know, growing up in Nepal, I thought, English English you know, I can communicate right, with people. Right. But then when right, I right. arrived here, somehow something went missing. I couldn't mm-hmm. understand people very well. One of the biggest challenges I had in college classes was that I felt like the professors were speaking too fast. So forget mm-hmm. about the materials. I was struggling right. just to sort of uh, understand what the teachers were saying. Um, and another thing that I found now that I've been in America for 15 years, I can make friends, I can build right. rapport with my clients. But they were like, it was one piece was missing. I just could not mm-hmm. connect with people. I didn't understand right, their sense of right. humor. Um, you know, it's just because you understand the grammar and you understand the exactly, letters and exactly. what it does not mean. Right, the slang, Zaru. Exactly, stuff, right? exactly. Um, so it was very hard for me to connect with people. And that's where I think for me, real true appreciation for mindfulness came to play, being in a very mm-hmm. snowy land, not understanding the language, not having any friends. Right. I found that I had to not only complete my coursework while teaching myself the language, but also be well, not be miserable. And mindfulness mm-hmm. really helped me with that my practice because you know, in Nepal, I had a pretty um, pious Buddhist family and I practiced it, right. but then you don't have mm-hmm. the kind of personal connection with the practice. So coming to America exactly. and seeing mm-hmm. how it held me is what allowed right. me to appreciate it and take a different kind of curiosity, like intellectual curiosity. And I was also studying right. psychology. Right. So 
Um, so that time has taught me a lot about resilience. Although now as mm -hmm. I reflect on it, I don't think I can do it again. But um, that was definitely a big feat of resilience. And uh, for a long time, I did not pay attention to it because I thought, of course, all Nepali students who come to America navigate mm -hmm. that. And I thought, forget right. about us. We are just students. So easy. There are other mm -hmm. people who are struggling so much more. So I always discounted my struggle. But right. now, right. As, yeah, now as I grow and learn, I'm starting to appreciate that Yes, I have to acknowledge the struggles that other people who might have had it harder or similar to mm -hmm. me might have had, but that does not take away from my own struggles and my own journey. Of course, and there's something to be learned, both for myself and others. So um, mm -hmm. it's refreshing to be able to talk about <laughs> that journey with you. Right? No, now. no, exactly, exactly. And I think sometimes because we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people that have. Mm -hmm you know have it worse or better we're not never sort of we're always discounting ourselves okay? and i'm hoping yes. we sort of change that pretty culturally but we're not really we mm -hmm. don't really talk about ourselves in that sense right and we don't really talk about our struggles but we're successful biopathy people are you know more open to sharing that that you don't really want to say okay i i, I had a hard time manera so uh, hopefully culturally, Pani, we need to unlearn that, right? Your aspect of it. One hundred percent. And to anyone listening who are especially students navigating that mm -hmm. change recently, America, my culture shock, white acclimate park, you environment and to also have that extra burden. opportunity How dare I feel down? How dare I exactly, feel exactly exactly. Um, that is absolutely unhelpful. You can still strive. And in fact, if you acknowledge those uh, loneliness and pain and uh, shock of changing the culture and actually mm -hmm. communicating with your friends and family back home, I think we have better chance of thriving. I did not share with them how difficult it right. was because it's mm -hmm. like, you know, you have this yeah, it's opportunity. Almost like, it's almost like, right, right. No, you're so right. I think it almost feels like you're ungrateful for this mm -hmm. opportunity to, you know, mm -hmm. and then I think also, I mean, is so true is uh, for most of us, we carry this baggage, right? You're the lucky one that you're mm -hmm. the person that's getting this, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity. So you cannot be weak and you cannot be like, you know, you cannot act like entitled, right? So um, yes. you're so right. I think uh, for students, especially, I think it's so important to understand this. mental health And also, I'm hoping now that we have a community, people can also uh, rely on that, right? Rely on each other mm -hmm. to support as they go through this chapter, right? But this is, you know, a rite of passage when I was there. Like it is, it is different for people to sort of the first time you leave home is mm -hmm. so far away, right? Uh, yes. It is not going to be easy. That um, hopefully there is a support system here as well, um, yes, so that people absolutely. have it a little easier. Data definitely, and to know that other people are struggling and they came overcame it. I think that is the most powerful thing because I'm sure this is the case for you, and it was definitely the case for me. I mean, when we were going through those transitions, we didn't know other people were going through the same thing. We we thought oh, we were the only weak ones. So exactly. Um, exactly. that's not helpful. 
Right, right. And I think especially as women, I think we don't, it feels that you're like the weak uh, link mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and that's so not true. Absolutely not. We can, we can be strong and yet we can struggle and we can suffer and we can overcome it. And then it's life is sort of, you know, as we get older, we start realizing that it's not a linear trajectory. You might be mm-hmm. very down and then you overcome that. And then many years down the line, you might be down again and it's perfectly fine. It's waves, it's right. ebbs and flows. And to expect that it's coming for us and to be prepared and have a sense of community is what helps us thrive in ways that it's not possible when we expect it to be a linear trajectory and we don't rely on our community. Exactly, no, I so agree with that. Um, okay, my next question to you is, you know, right? I mean, as a student and now that you're, you know, working with a lot of clients and so on, how do non-Nepalese, um, perceive Nepali like, And have you seen that uh, change uh, over time, over the last 15 years that you've been here? Have you seen that uh, change? That's a great question. Um, experience, one of the biggest uh, two, I guess two or three biggest misconceptions people have about perhaps Nepali is one, uh, they don't really know Nepal very well and people mm-hmm. in Nepal. So there's a sense of complete unknown. So, right. you know, there are not that many ideas about what Nepal is, what Nepal is all about and things of that nature. Uh, because Ma'afu is Sherpa, Pema Sherpa. So the Sherpa name is somehow popular within the U.S. And But then somehow they think that you Sherpa, it means porter. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the third one, I think, is this idea of just at least for me, um, Nepali, you know, Nepali people look very different. And for me, a lot of times people confuse me with somebody who is just Asian, maybe Chinese, Korean, mm-hmm. uh, right. Japanese. That's what I get. So a lot of times, Amro community, ma, uh, at least in the West, I am learning that Nepal is not so much on the map, especially not mm-hmm. for um, bold moves such as, you know, contributing to the intellectual um, conversations, um, right. innovation, and things of that nature. And like you said, it's not because it does not exist, it's because it mm-hmm. has not been highlighted enough. So um, as for me, as I've worked with so many clients now, many people are aware of the fact that, okay, Nepal is a very diverse country and people could be very different and it is part of Asia. It's a small country. Um, So I do my part to educate people on what Nepal is all about, but we still Mm -hmm. have a long way to go uh, in terms of putting Nepal on the map and helping people see that you know, it's a small country that has contributed a lot of intelligent people, particularly to the West. Right, right. Um, no, that that makes sense. I, you know, I keep on reflecting in terms of, you know, what is the current brand of Nepal? If you, you know, if we were to uh, generalize the country as a whole, um, mm-hmm. what is your opinion in terms of that? If you think about, uh, you know, uh, perception of uh, whether it's, uh, you know, the Western world or even ourselves, what is that current brand of Nepal? 
and you know if it's not uh, super ideal how can we improve it yeah that's a great question and i've actually been reflecting on it a little bit um in terms of our brand nepal as a brand and what uh, comes to mind i think um there are a lot of positive aspects of course you know anybody who has been to nepal they love the people people are genuine they're kind they're polite and all of those are amazing but in the career front or in the development of innovation and intel in, intelligence and having these sort of conversations i think one of the um I, ideas or sort of a misconception i don't know if it's entirely a misconception or um just a conception i guess a concept mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think in terms of brand i would say not so much that western people looking into nepal and thinking that way but within our nepali community and perhaps a lot of times it's also reflected in the examples we see is humility uh presenting itself in a not very beneficial way and mm -hmm. what i mean by that mm -hmm. is um downplaying our right. abilities uh, not being, mm -hmm. uh, not to say not being able to, but not self-promoting ourselves. Right. I think exactly. that is a big part of being Nepali because, you know, we all are taught to be humble. We are taught to exactly um, right, right. play our skills. Like imagine right. self-promoting, imagine mm -hmm. complimenting yourself. Oh, I look so cute today. Exactly. No way, yeah, you don't right. do that. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, all um, mentally compliment about it. We have soft yeah, I know. time taking it. We'll, we'll make excuses about it. And we'll be like, no, I know. It's so, I know. It's nothing. It's, not, it's so hard for us to own it. Exactly. And I think that is something personally I can speak for myself is double mm -hmm. uh, middle, you know, to give you also a little bit background on how I uh, ended up in the career I have today. Um, I used to be in academia, studying this topic, um, doing research, but I never saw myself as a presenter or uh, somebody who trains leaders who are much older than me, who have had decades of longer experience than I have uh, working in the, in the field that they're in. I never saw myself doing that. And when mm -hmm. I did start it, or I guess one of the pivotal points, uh, there were many, but one of the pivotal points was I was in a research lab and the, the leaders of the research lab, it was a mindfulness research lab, and the leaders there had such little experience and understanding of mindfulness, yet they branded themselves as experts. And mm -hmm. that was my first um, time sort of feeling like, wow, if they are qualified, I am qualified. And that exactly. negative example actually really helped me to come to my own and mm -hmm. say, okay, I can, I can do this and I'm qualified enough. But when it came right. time to actually package my services and promote myself, I found that if I had to talk about the subject matter, I'm golden. I can mm -hmm. talk about it right. for hours. But mm -hmm. then if somebody said, oh, so you're an expert on this, I would be like, oh, yeah, sort of, you know, I just want oh, right, myself right. to self-promote. And that was exactly. a hurdle that I absolutely have to take, take away from my process. And, you know, we can't just go from coming from a culture where 
humility is taught and prioritized. And it's a very mm-hmm. positive and powerful and beautiful quality to be humble. Right. But when we don't right, right. promote ourselves, we are not being genuinely humble, to be honest. We are right. just, mm-hmm. you know, you know, deep inside. Like, or something, me, right? Exactly, exactly. exactly. Right. So because mm-hmm. for me, um, I will be very candid here. I'm thinking I'm the shit, you know, inside mm-hmm. me. But outside, I'm not being right. able to verbalize. That's not humility. Exactly. That's hypocrisy. Right, right. Right, right. Um, right, right. So, no, no, I still, I still get that. Right. And so looking at it not from showing off perspective but being honest and helping others Mm -hmm. see how you can contribute to the equation I think that's what that sort of mindset shift is what helped Mm -hmm. me so our brand of humility um, I think and that positive brand of humility is something we have to sort of deconstruct and reinvent for ourselves so that we can continue to be humble or at least aspire to be humble because it's a quality that's really amazing to hone on but promote yourself let people know what you're qualified to do um, exactly and so on exactly and I I love that and I think you would say it's you know it's individual level as well as collective level I think that's needed Mm -hmm. right where you that uh, that uh, range between um uh, humility and arrogance I think there's a lot of space mm. between that I think we could find a place below arrogance that are still uh, being humble enough that are like uh, learning how to really showcase ourselves our expertise and what we bring to the table Manerate. I think uh, I, I so agree with you absolutely awesome um, next I um, you know and, you know, your achievements, you know, on a personal level and what you're doing, especially with your own business and so on. Uh, I'm so proud, as as I see from the sidelines, right? Like, you know, what are you most proud of on a personal level? And professionally, what are you proud of? Um, another loaded question. Uh, <laughs> so what I'm proud of, I think... Um, in terms of professionally, I I am quite proud of what I have been able to achieve in the past few years. And I absolutely have to go back to that idea of not knowing what my path was. And when you don't know your North Star, it's very hard, regardless of how qualified you are. It's very hard to pave a path for yourself because we need next steps. <laughs> we need to know mm-hmm. what to do next and then next and next so that you can get to your goal. And for many years, I didn't know that. When I finished my um, undergrad, I thought, okay, going to grad school might help me make something of myself. Um, Why just grad school? Let's go to Harvard. You know, that would Mm -hmm. definitely make uh, something out of me. And then I even did that. And then when I graduated from Harvard, I realized, okay, I have this degree, but I have no idea what to do with it. I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that studying philosophy is actually doesn't make you very hireable. And I had Mm -hmm. no idea. I just thought, okay, this name should be enough. Um, Right, right. So it was a long time coming um, to define this trajectory. And I have to give a shout out to my husband, who has been that person. You know, we all have mentors who go ahead of us and show us the path. Okay you can do this and these are the pathways and 
that's how you operate a business that's how you conduct yourself and things of that nature don't say more like absolutely that in and so um he definitely taught me all the ins and outs of running a business being a presenter and so on and even though i've had the opportunity to present in in front of amazing people and really um the kind of people that i at one point would look up to and not even think mm-hmm. that i can be in the same space as them having conversations with them and i'm definitely proud of that but i think right. the smaller things really make me proud um is in my business being able to get on a call with someone build a rapport mm-hmm. and create a connection and align on our initiatives i think that's something i become i'm so right. proud of because in the beginning it was i could talk about my services i could talk about my credentials but it was the small talk i had no <laughs> idea how to conduct them so right, right. every time even now after all these years whenever i go on a call with a completely unknown person a stranger and come out of it building a connection and aligning mm-hmm. on our next step i feel very proud of that on a personal level i think maintaining a sense of joy for life um yeah. in spite of the ups and downs that i may have gone through in life i think that makes me very proud being excited for each day and having hope that today is going to be a good day um mm-hmm. i think that for me on a personal level is something that i'm very proud of right i know that that sounds amazing and so kudos to your husband as well through your for supporting you and you know uh helping you in this journey so um definitely um uh, yeah. i agree with all of that yeah absolutely and that's why i love what you are doing because i have seen how somebody's mentorship and support and laying out the path having that conversation and saying oh i want to do this it seems like you've done this before what are the steps mm-hmm. to getting there so that it's not right. this big black hole that you have no idea how to um learn from and create a sort of a system so these conversations become so beneficial because all the talent in in the world is not enough if you don't know how to utilize it exactly exactly and i think uh, what's what used to happen before was you know all our stories all our struggles it just stayed with us okay, right so it's mm-hmm. not that uh, people that are successful are not willing to help people they don't know if you know anybody mm-hmm. needs help what kind of help they need only people that are struggling or are new to you know whether as students as or as uh, career early career professionals they have no idea college reach karne kosari reach karne i mean uh, nepalis like i always say we've become really good at networking in general we're not good at networking with other nepalis right um mm-hmm. so we're hoping that uh, that changes over time we uh, create a bridge between nepali so that it's easier right i mean amir sapitana ko struggles and stories can you know help each other absolutely 100% perfect <clears throat> um next sai pema right um in terms of we've talked a little bit about this um in terms of how your identity has evolved uh you know from nepal baranya and you know through through your journey and so on but oily aris was that kid how would you define your identity um and how has it evolved over the years 
identity um, is a big one, especially for you know, we grew up in Nepal, we have a particular identity. And for me, there was a big shock of uh, being in Nepal, having an identity, coming to America, and then for the first time being an Asian, for example, that's uh, all those, you know, ways people see us is there. But I think for me, the roots of coming from Nepal, uh, especially the mind training and the principles that I was brought up with continues to be my North Star and continues to be my anchor. Um, And within that, I've learned that one of the aspects of, there's so many aspects to our identity, but it is, and it's constantly evolving. But one um, big one for me, I think is this, idea of living life on my own terms and constantly Mm -hmm. having the freedom to define it. Um, I think that is a big part of my identity and being authentic um, and creating a space for others to be the same way. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think also perhaps because my career, my personal uh, life, as well as my spiritual practices sort of come together to create this, or at least aspire to create this freedom within myself, um, I think that is the bigger part of my identity as something I see, and I hope it will continue to evolve. Awesome, awesome. That's very good. Um, next, Piva, uh, if you can think of any sort of example, right? Um, has there been a time, to me, especially you know, since you came to the U.S., where a Nepali um, who's not related to you or, you know, that you didn't know from before has done something really nice for you. Do you, can you think of an example? You know, it is so unfortunate that um, so far, um, for many, many years, because my Afalipani explored Gaurina, the Nepali community, Matiti, Delve Gaurina, I have not had too many opportunities to uh, have some Nepali person do really, I mean, of course, Nepal, Mata, your whole family, your community is amazing. But in America, since growing up and since uh, coming to my own, I think you might be the first person who I have actually genuinely connected with on an intellectual level or on a career sort of professional level. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's amazing that we're about to change that. <laughs> Right. No, no, no. I'm one. I'm honored. I mean, you know, you, I mean, it's, it's amazing how random things uh, work out. Right. So uh, like you said, let's change it. I think I have a feeling that you're going to be a little more involved with the Nepali community from now. I think there's so much that, you know, people in our community can learn from you. And I think there's so much um, that uh, in terms of what you do and so on, that will have an impact on our community. So, you know, uh, I'm excited that, you know, it's just the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as we develop ourselves, as we grow, as we, um, I don't know, make our own dreams come true, we come to realize more and more that the true joy is in helping others on their path. And perhaps Mm -hmm. that appreciation wasn't there for me many years ago, but now I come to realize, wow, that is something that I'm called for. And that's something I gain so much joy in. So any way I can support anyone on this journey of life, I'm here for it. I am 
you know um so yeah i'm here for it awesome awesome i love that um Pema, you know before we end um what do you think we can do um to uplift uh, our diaspora like you know uh, not people in nepal at this point but mm-hmm. you know our nepali diaspora la uplift karna what what do you think we could do I have found in my own personal humble um journey of my own career your network is everything every single engagement i have spoken you know every single engagement i've received whether it's a big program it's a small program every opportunity has come from someone who knew me who trusted me who advocated right. for me who hired me so amro nepali community ma uh thank you to you we are starting to see that we are in this network of such amazing professionals who can make things happen so yes we can learn from each other and it is so beneficial but mm-hmm. actual tactical for one even in terms of education it's not just about inspiration but actually showing people the ins and outs let's say myself being a speaker or running a business being able to teach something like that but also leveraging our network to advocate mm-hmm. for each other sponsor each other be on the lookout exactly. for opportunity to then bring in somebody who looks like you somebody who is mm-hmm. from the nepali community i think that's what we can do to really speed up the process of people getting opportunities uh in our diaspora i think that's that's that would be a biggest one that i i see as being a game changer for all of us that's perfect and i and i so agree i think this is the time where our community you know one come needs to come together there are two also be really intentional okay and be actionable as well right where instead of saying oh bhai alsani i'll do something manera mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. actually take you know uh, whether it's baby steps or big steps in terms of really like you said right promoting people really looking out for each other and really lifting each other up i think you would say uh, you know i'm seeing that all the bistare bistare and it makes me so happy that uh, mm-hmm. i'm hoping more and more uh, you our diaspora could say maintain few positive sort of um, connections say how will happen over time absolutely and also knowing that you know it 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 is sort of an inherent insecurity that we might all have okay we all come from this small country we're making something of ourselves in this big um landscape we are in competition with each other we absolutely are not in competition mm-hmm. with each other there's plenty to go around and the more we advocate for each other support each other promote each other actually we'll see more opportunities so for example if somebody sees me as a nepali person in a particular circle i i'm able to do a good job it mm-hmm. leaves a nice imprint and image for other exactly. nepali people and then if i'm exactly. able to bring another person let's say there's an executive position i am able to make the connection and that person in the executive role what happens next is more opportunities arise for myself and those who look like me so it's supporting each other and lifting each other only has benefit for the entire community um so i think that's something we all can keep in mind and yes continue to do this amazing work 
Awesome. Um, and on that note, Bema, um, any last words from you? Thank you so much for the amazing work you do. And also thank you to all the people who are listening. What you're doing is amazing. Navigating this um, world you, while adjusting in the new culture is not easy. So kudos to all of you. Um, and I hope that people connect with me on LinkedIn, connect with me so that we can stay in touch, support each other um, and learn from each other. Perfect. Thank you for being here, Pema. Pema has a newsletter out. Um, we'll, uh, we'll add that in the show notes um, and please subscribe to it. Thank you everybody for listening. Please uh, like and subscribe to our podcast, TGNB Beats on Spotify. See you next week. Thank you.